You're listening to the Manverse Podcast with your host, Tom Traplin. This is session number 56. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Manverse Podcast. I am your host, Tom Traplin, and this is the podcast where building successful game stores is the name of the game. On today's episode of the Manverse Podcast, we have the whole gang back together. And uh, it's not just me. We've actually got John Coviello, Wayne Middlestead, and Gary Sproul. And I, I've, writ- I've written some some intros for these guys that I've always talked about using, and we haven't gotten around to it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go into it now. For those who don't know who these guys are, let's start off at the top. John Coviello. John has been in business with the Little Shop of Magic for the past 21 years, about as long as Magic Gathering has existed. First in Flagstaff, Arizona, and then more recently in Las Vegas. Over the intervening years, his shop has gone from a 300-square-foot stall and has grown into a 7,500-square-foot behemoth of gaming goodness. I actually should probably update that stat now that he's moved. As Chief Warlock of the now-not-so-little Shop of Magic, he and his minions, those are capitalized, help the initiated and the mundanes all over the country satisfy their gaming needs. That is when he is in helping other game retailers build better businesses as one of the co-hosts of the Maniverse Podcast. All right, next up, Wayne Middlestead. Wayne is the owner of Dueling Grounds in Toronto. And that's Toronto, Canada, in case you were wondering. One of the most competitive gaming markets in Canada. Wayne has managed to carve out a niche in the gaming community that has allowed Dueling Grounds to thrive and grow by focusing on down-to-earth customer service, a passion for quality, and a casual, friendly environment. Wayne's unique perspective has helped his business grow where many others have withered away. He shares his experience with fellow entrepreneurs on the Matters Podcast. And finally, but not not lastly, well, lastly, but not uh, not leastly, Gary Sproul. Gary is the ghostly proprietor of the Haunted Game Cafe in Fort Collins, Colorado, one of the first game cafes ever in North America. Gary's passion for gaming and exceptional coffee have helped him build a fantastic business that serves hundreds of very happy customers each week. When he is not growing his business, Gary spends time with his family and in his spare moments helps other game store owners build their business as a co-host of the Maniverse podcast. So you might uh, might catch a theme running through all those bios, and that is they're all co-hosts and they're all on the show today. The topic of the day is actually uh, we're going to do a an experiment today. Today's show is a month in review. We're going back through the month of November. This is a little bit late. We're releasing this a little bit late in December, but we're going back into November, and we're going to go over the winners and the losers, the, the products that sold the, the most, that moved the most. We're going to go into the, the products that are still sitting on the shelves. We're going to just go through things that we've learned over the last last month or so. You know, big announcements, major topics. Uh, it's, it's more of a casual conversation, but I think you're going to get a lot out of it because I thought it was a really good good show. And uh, yeah, while I'm here, I also wanted to, to make an announcement. I've got something to tell you guys. I've actually... Uh, for those of you that know, I've been working as a uh, supervisor at a distribution center for the last seven years, and uh, actually in the last two weeks, well, it's 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 exciting for me anyways, December 16th, 2016 is my last day on the job. I've, that's right, I have decided to quit my job and go into full-time online freelancer. Now, for uh, those of you who don't know what that means, I'm basically going to be working via the internet, doing kind of what I'm doing right now, podcasting, writing, content creation, marketing, all that fun stuff. 
So yeah, that's my special announcement. I'm really excited to be able to dive deeper into this uh, exciting online world, but I am not going to get in your way any longer. Without any further ado, let's jump into this week's episode of the Manverse Podcast. Great timing. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Manverse Podcast. Take two. I'm your host, Tom Traplin, and I have with me my excellent co-hosts from left to right. We have Gary Sproul, Wayne Middlestead, and John Coviello. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hello, everyone. How's everybody doing today? Uh, Very good. Yeah, I'm just getting over a flu, so I'm a little... I'm going to be a little more quiet, a little more low energy. That's cool. That's cool. I hear you had some. Uh, you had a fun night last night, John. Would you want to want to share a little bit of the story? I don't. I don't have a lot to share. Basically, um, basically, what I got from the news, we, we we found out that our parking lot had been cordoned off by the police. Apparently, there was an attempted robbery at one of the businesses nearby us, and. Uh, now, we didn't get a lot of details other than what I saw when I got at the news, um, which is, uh, I guess, the clerk was armed and he shot one of the individuals. Unfortunately, that individual lost his life. Um, the other two were apprehended. And uh, it, all it really affected us was the fact that our customers couldn't get into the parking lot. Um, took a little bit for our customers to get out while the police found out if we knew anything. We literally did not hear or see anything. Um, you know, and that, that's really about it. I don't know a lot. And, uh, they don't disclose a lot because the, the individuals involved in the robbery were minors, so we're probably never even going to find out anything for sure of what happened, what didn't. But, you know, um, it, it was an interesting night, basically. So. Yeah, that's that's pretty unusual. <clears throat> and, yeah, I and can't tragic. say it happens every day. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be moving. <laughs> yeah, for sure. How about, uh, how about you guys, Gary and Wayne? How's your month nope. been? Uh, well, all right. <laughs> Go ahead, Wayne. All right. Other than oh, um, sure. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I, like I said, I just got over the flu, so I lost the last week in November, which was really brutal for me. Um, I had a lot of things I needed to do, uh, so um, a little behind, a little stressed out by that. But what can you do? I have a question um, about that before you you go on. Did you find that yeah. uh, that really impacted your? Your business, like, did you notice like a significant significant drop in anything in sales or uh, customers or anything like that? The fact that you weren't there. Well, I'll find out on Monday uh, when I'm back in and look at the numbers and, and talk to my staff that week. Um, it's just tough because I don't I don't have a manager or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. like I do too much. <laughs> I have part time employees that help me. So when I'm out, you know, a big part of the store is out, and uh, it can run fairly well without me for you know a week or two. So. It, but there's just, there's just so much work with uh, Christmas coming up and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, yeah, I'm also, I also made a pretty big decision this, this month uh, that I, I want to move out of my space. And uh, I don't know, you know, knowing that you guys were talking, you guys were both moving and, and uh, you know, I started looking at my, my space. I'm so frustrated by how, small it is and I'm bursting at the seams and it really feels like it's preventing me from growing faster. Um, but you know, I need to find a way to get out of the lease and I have a whole bunch of possibilities. And so I got a lot of stuff going on right now. Um, as, as far as that goes. And, um, 
Uh, otherwise, uh, November was really busy with uh, opening singles because we do lots of singles. Um, and three big ones, Hero Clicks, Joker's Wild, opened a couple cases of those. Uh, Pathfinder, Deadly Foes, the new miniature set, um, opened a couple cases of those. And uh, Magic Commander 2016, you know, that's uh, we opened singles for those too because, I mean, there's there's so many unique cards to those, those sets. Um and plus, there's a lot of cards you might want, anyways. Hi. Do you um, like usually with the commander? At least for us, there's always one particular one that's like you know, gotta have that. And for yeah. those of you who don't know how wizards works, you you don't order a deck. You have to order a case with one of each of the decks in it, uh, yeah. which inevitably leads to problems with decks that don't sell. Do you sort of does that help balance it out? You open those as singles and kind of get your money back that way, or? I mean that that does happen all the time. And there was one specific deck I forget what it's called, but it had the Angel of Horror on the front. Yeah, was um, it the three lethality? I think is that what it was, or? Yeah, the, the group hug deck. Remember. Yeah, it, it it outsold by far like the other ones. It was it dumbfounded me, and we were charging like fifty four ninety five for it. Uh, oh, the one that sold. And uh, yeah, yeah, two of them were fifty four ninety five, and the other three were thirty nine ninety five. Uh, and and um, yeah, that one by far sold 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 better. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of hype with uh, Commander. I mean, people were really looking forward to it, and as soon as it came out, people were in the buy it. Uh, definitely a hot product. Um, and then I guess the last thing I'll mention for November for me is I was featured in the Toronto Star, which is one of the biggest newspapers in Canada, Ooh, on the front page of the entertainment section. Wow. Um, but I'm, I'm right there. Uh, and it's only because nice. I'm a D alphabetically. And uh, <laughs> hey, you made the front page. That's what matters, right? It I mean, is, but it's, it's kind of laughable. My little description, if if I don't mind, I'm done after this. Just I just want to read this because it's a little laughable. Go for it. So, uh, Dueling Grounds by day, Dueling Grounds is your average West End hobby shop offering up starter decks and twelve sided dice. Twelve <laughs> sided. Uh, but yeah, by night, it's Ground Zero for a rotating array of role-playing games and collectible card game campaigns. There's even a weekly Dungeons & Dragons meetup for the oldest of old schoolers. And it's got Ooh. my address. Um, that's which is awesome. You know, uh, free yeah, PR that's... is great, but uh, it's always, and you know, I get that once in a while here and there, and it's, it's always funny how these people who write these articles, um, you don't, obviously don't have enough time to, talk to all the store owners and they got to kind of make up their own blurb. It but makes yeah, me wonder I mean, about the, how much the person writing the article knows. Like, are they just like, Oh, you know, these nerds and then just start like making up whatever <laughs> they think that we actually do. Or is it somebody yeah. who's like, no, I know what they do and I'm going to write it as if I don't, you know, no, we never the headline, it's like no. nerds this big on the page basically. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Nice. Oh yeah, nice. it's kind of a badge of honor for us, but it's 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 interesting that still how the media does stuff. I mean, I used to work in public relations; that was my job. And the message you never know how it's gonna. You send it out, yeah. and what they do with it is is always interesting. Did they interview you, um, or was it just one of those like, hey, we know? Employee just like was like, I just found his post on Facebook. He 
he saw it. He took pictures and posted on Facebook. And I saw it that way. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I commented, get me a copy. And, of course, he already did. And, and uh, they, didn't they got you? it. But you, you weren't aware that they wrote an article about you? Or at least you were no included? Idea. No. That's weird. No, no we, idea. We had something similar. Um, NPR, out of all uh, things, um, has a, like a monthly magazine, like a very nice luxury magazine that they send out. Mm-hmm. And they selected us as best geek hangout. Uh, the only reason why we knew is the guys came by the store to ask us if they could take some pictures of the store for this article they were writing. I'm like, okay. You know, it was nice. They, they actually did a better job than, you know, selling D12s. And they, they, <laughs> but they never interview any of us. You know what I mean? Uh, so either the writer was somebody that knew us, right, and had a bit of a working knowledge of what we do, or he talked to somebody. He didn't talk to me, so I'm not sure how they got the info, but... Yeah, it's, it's always interesting. You know, the important thing is it's got your address on there. And uh, yeah. for people that know this, they're like, oh, there's a game store over there. Great, awesome. I'm going to go check it out. So, Yeah. But I don't know that's if you're going to get a lot of mom and moms going, oh, that's a great idea. I'll go shop down there. Yeah, right? and go so. pick up some D12s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> starter <laughs> decks. My, my son went on a starter deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's something you'll have to let us know. Do you get a lot of parents coming in looking for starter decks? Because of that article, see what the impact actually ends up being. We actually already do. I mean, you know, parents will comment and like, "I'm looking for a starter deck," and that, they actually ask for that. And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> yeah. what game? Do you know?" And well, like, see, that's there's sure. games. That's, there that, games. That's not restricted to the parents, though. A lot of times, I get phone calls. We're like, "You guys have a tournament tonight." I'm like, for what? Does that mean, you know, well, magic, of course. We're going like, to have a joust, well, actually. Of course. I'm, I'm, gonna... I'm sorry. We, we, we do more than just magic. So, you know, yeah. But yeah, people live in their own bubble. So. Yeah, that's for True. sure. That's for sure. Especially within the nerd community. Everyone's kind of got their own thing going on. So, sure. yeah, it's excusable. It comes with the territory, right? So, how oh, about you, Gary? I forgot. Oh, wait. I, I, I'm sorry, I Go lied. One last thing in November, we had our 12-year anniversary sale. Yay. Wow. 12 Look at years. you. Newspaper, 12-year anniversary. Awesome. So of course, I, that was in July, but we moved it to November because sales need to pick up around that time. Yeah, right. But it actually did really well. So now I'm thinking of maybe moving it to like a, in February. <laughs> Whatever you do. Yeah. Just yeah. Anniversaries are very, uh, they can be changed to pretty much anything. Yeah, all, all people care about is you're putting on a sale. Is the sale, is yeah. September. Ours is technically September, but we do ours in October. and you know, but, Right, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a, a question for you before. So you, you were talking to me, so you decided to move. That's, you know, I'm excited for you. It, it, but I thought you have some time left on your lease. Is that what it is? Uh, am I right? I do. Um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of issues. I mean, um, but it, I, I don't have... I, it's easy for me to get out of my lease. Like I have a plan, because uh-huh. because uh, if uh, if my landlord if I bring in a tenant, the landlord approves of, he'll take my name off the lease and put them on. Yeah. So um, yeah, so I I do have an out, um, and but I'm you know I'm God. See this you don't want to get in have long conversations about stuff. This is a big one, so sure. I, I'm afraid to get into it too much. But. Uh, I, I really want to move. I'm I'm afraid of moving. It's uh it's it's really overwhelming. Uh, I need a lot of money to do it. Um, and uh, my original plan was just to ride out my lease, which is two years, eight months now. 
that's left. And by then, you know, all my debt would be paid off. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm making really good money. Like last year is my, my best year, but this year was, is even a lot better. Um, nice. and, uh, I, you know, ideal situation would it would be, I just move, I, 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 sorry, I don't move. I open a second location somewhere else. That would be ideal. Um, it's just, that's even more work and more expense. Uh, cause then I have to worry about two stores. I have to find somebody who's going to run my original store. Uh, but, uh, we, you know, I, I hate to give up such an established location and, um, especially because we trade in all this used gaming stuff. I mean, we're the go-to place. People want to get rid of their Warhammer. They come to, to DG and, um, you know, that, that word has spread and, and, uh, so I don't, I don't want to lose that, that intake of the, the used Warhammer, which is done, doing really well for us. Yeah, but I, that's why that's a terrifying choice, isn't it? Not, not that I yeah. want to have fears, but we, we we all face that. And for us, the location across the street still has our sign that says we moved across the street. And I still get people that go, "Oh, I went next door, and you were closed over there." I'm like, "Yeah, we've been talking about this for the last year, but okay." Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I was wondering, John, how uh, how the second floor was working for you. You know, it's working I know you had a uh, nice ground floor, and then you went upstairs, and yeah, I've always been reluctant to go upstairs. Terrified, still terrified of it. I was really, really scared. Uh, I mean, none of my customers seem to have an issue with it. I'm the one that kind of goes, oh, man, this floorboard creaks over here, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> so I see all the negatives. My, my customers just walk in and go, oh, my God, and, and it's really weird because we have a rather unassuming sort of entryway when you first walk into the thing because we haven't put up any posters yet. We, we, we put the hooks for the banners for the regionals. We haven't put the... We're doing like a, a, a sort of like a history of the store with all the banners we got from regionals from FFG and all these big kind of prestigious events we've done. We haven't done that yet, right? Because we're still fixing up, finishing up upstairs. But my customers, once they walk up, it's like, it's like oh my God, you know? And so, yeah, I'm... Um, Still a little early to tell you how that's going to work out. Um, you know, um, had some interesting side effects like what happened last night. We had no idea, literally, you know, until we we walked downstairs and that was it. So, uh, but um, yeah, it, so far it's working out okay. Um, you know, um, yeah, sounds well, like you've got a wow factor going on to, to help you a lot. <clears throat> Sorry, I was, I, Sorry, I was just said it sounds like you've got the wow factor. Like yeah, said, that's like, that's definitely like, whoa, connected. like that's enough to like that. That's a good indicator that they're probably telling their friends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not so bad for you because you're so established. I'm just, I'm wondering if maybe walk-ins are, are not as popular, like they don't happen as often. So I don't know because the walk-ins that we got at the old store and we were right, um, we were in kind of like a little, like a strip, uh, like not a strip mall, like a standalone building. It was us and this um, mechanic, right? So Archimedes, stop, please. Sorry, guys. It's okay. But our walk-ins were literally people because there was a traffic. It's a very busy intersection, um, the one where they were on. And the traffic light tends to back up traffic. So people would literally see our sign and then decide to walk in. The problem is the walk-ins were the wrong walk-ins. They were people looking for either video games, which we don't do, maybe in the future, but right now we don't, or magic tricks, right? And it, it just people that wanted us, oh, we want magic singles. We want board games. If they weren't walk-ins, they found us through internet, Yelp, you know, Google. It wasn't uh, word of mouth. It wasn't like, oh, I happened to stumble a magic store, uh, as in Magic Gathering. So, yeah, 
Uh, the only reason I'm asking is I'm looking at a space that is on a second floor. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's it's really good rent. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But I gotta yeah. tell you, yep. I felt thirty nine hundred square feet. Hmm? I felt a lot better after I visited several game stores in Canada, right? And when I came to see you guys. Uh, yeah, because it's a lot more common for you guys. I don't think you're going to have as much to worry about as you would. For for Vegas, it's a bit of a unique thing. It's happening more now. We're getting a lot more shopping malls that have two stories or three stories, right? Um, with businesses that only have a top story location. Um, so I was a little more worried about it. But I think from what I saw, it seems more commonplace for you guys. And I don't know if I'd worry too much about that. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's in Toronto and, and uh, I'm looking outside of Toronto. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, you're doing more of a move than usual. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say too much about it, but yeah, it's, sure. a, it's a pretty big move. Yeah. yeah. And All right, well, also, just before we move on to Gary, keep you waiting just a little bit longer, Gary. The uh, just wanted to say that uh, several of the people that I have interviewed on the show have actually had the like the second floor game store, and it's worked out very well for them because, like John said, yeah. most of the people who like the core customers that you want are not the kinds of people who just come in off the street. They're the kinds of people who seek you out. So yeah. being on the second floor, there's a lot of advantages. And the disadvantages that you normally think coming with a space like that don't uh, can entirely apply to the kind of business that uh, that you guys run. So, yeah, something to consider. All right, Gary, it's your turn. Um, We're all going to shut up. Just, yeah. <laughs> well, we finally finished our expansion. Well, mostly finished. The new part of the store is finished. Hooray. Um, it's uh, turned out really well. I'm very proud of it. Um, cost way more money than I thought it was going to take, no matter how much pictures. you budget. Yeah. I looked at yeah. your picture. It look, it's gorgeous. It looked costly. I was like, oh, man. Man, that looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I don't regret doing what we did. The only, the only real downside is uh, expanding right before Christmas. So all that money that you built up that you would normally put into inventory for stacking up all your, you know, your stuff for Christmas is instead um, in my slat wall and in my plumbing. Um, so we're having to uh, not stock up as, as much as we would like for Christmas. Um, and then we've got the whole um, cafe area that we wanted to remodel and put restaurant booths in and, you know, really dress that out. So that's going to have to get put on hold for a little while. Um, on the plus side, People are stunned by the new space. It's it's really just heartwarming to have people walk in and go, wow, that's great. Um, wow. It's great to have twice as much seating because now we can do events and still have open tables for people to just walk in and play games. Um, and, and people have said to us over and over and over again, you know, I, I would not come on a Friday or I would not come on a Saturday because I know you guys never had tables. And now you do. So we'll come more often. And we've seen that, that the place is, even though we have twice as many tables, it's more full now than it's, than it's ever been because people are just awesome. coming. They know they can get a table. Um, so, yeah, it's been... Uh, it's been uh, quite a roller coaster. I mean, expanding or moving is uh, is absolutely terrifying. Um, but for us, it was a question of we, we just have to, right? As terrifying as one, as moving or expanding was, staying still, we we could see that it was, we, we had plateaued. There was no way that we could get better where we, where we were at. So we had to do something. But yeah, it's... Um, it's pretty scary. All of a sudden, your rent uh, doubles, and your labor goes up by a third, and your utilities go up, <laughs> and uh, all that money that you put into infrastructure. So, but 
you have you have to you have to it's ex- people told me expand or die and that's that was the choice we were faced with expand or die yeah and i'm gonna um, when you get to me it's gonna sound like i'm copying off your notes there uh, yeah <laughs> yeah no if we if we thought that we could keep expanding in the same space and and get 10 percent growth every year i would totally do, i would totally do that why on earth would you sign yourself up to double your rent but um you, you just can't you just can't <clears throat> isn't isn't that the nicest feeling in the world? That little moment you said you had when when people came in and were like, "Wow!" And oh you feel yeah. When you oh, were yeah. your shop like it's, that, and you get that yeah. wow factor. Yeah, like when people walk into my store and they're like, you know, it's like an yeah. an older guy, and then he feels like he's like a kid again, and you see that, and and he's right. a big yeah. smile, and just warms your heart. You know. Yeah, especially this. We well, the way we expanded was we knocked out the back wall. So people walk in the front door like they normally do. There's a moment of confusion when they don't see any games because we moved all the games to the new side and all they see is seats. So they get a little afraid and then they slowly turn and see that the wall is missing and just this look comes over them of like, (gasps) now you have 10 times as many games. Must go roll around in them. Yeah. Sounds pretty sweet. So other than that, not, yeah, not not too much um, out of the ordinary, uh, unless we want to start talking about what's selling and uh, what we're playing. Now let's, um, let's, let's let's see what you've got going on, John. What was your month like? And then we'll uh, we'll start uh, talking about. Uh, uh, we're gonna talk about yeah. I, I mirror a lot of what um, we actually moved. We moved across the street to three times the size, and uh, fortunately for us, uh, it wasn't a, a triple increase in rent. You know, but they're still there. So. Um, uh, like Gary said, the concerns are doing it so close to Christmas, and we didn't want to, right? We were supposed to move in in May. That's when the, the it was supposed to be. We take over the keys and we move in. Um, so here we are. October is when we actually were running operations in the store. In September, we were moving basically. Um, so uh, a lot of the same fears. Uh, there was a second story location which scared us at first. Um, the same kind of relief when they come up either through the elevators. Uh, I'm surprised how many people take stairs. I guess we have uh, gamers that enjoy being fit or something. But, you know, I mean, uh, so uh, once that door opens to the elevator and they look around, they, they, they really get, they get this little comment guy, and then they start going towards the game area, and they start seeing the reservable rooms, and they start seeing, you know, it, it's interesting because they're like, oh, my God, there's more here, and there's more here, you know. So um, uh, it makes me feel like we did the right move. But... Um, Gary's 100% right. We just we had this year. Um, we literally plateaued. There is a, there was the, the just the fact that we've been in that 3,000 square foot store for seven years, right? And there's only so much product you can add before you just start having to make decisions of like if something comes in, something's got to go out, right? Um, and it made it really hard to increase it. Um, the cafe is not online for us yet, and we decided intentionally to halt construction. We didn't want construction in December, right? So yes. that's probably going to happen sometime in January. So we're not going to see the revenue from that until next year, basically. In the meantime, we paid for the expenses of the, the move. And, you know, you look at it, and what's surprising to me is we really haven't increased inventory yet. We haven't brought in any major new lines yet. Uh, but people think that there's a lot more in there. They think, oh, you added more stuff? It looks like you got more stuff. I'm like, no, I just actually spread it out. I took it from the back room and brought it to the front, right? I've yeah. had this inventory. Um, I mean, yes, it sells and you replenish it, but it's not like I've significantly gone, okay, we've got three times the space, three times the inventory. You know, we aren't there yet. Uh, but people, the perception is, oh, my God, there's so much more stuff here, you know. Mm-hmm. Heck, we're still figuring out which fixtures we want to do for what, you know. Um, so um, 
we're adding every week and we're going from there. But the big one for us is going to be the cafe and figuring out how that works. And I have to see if I gotta get this guy a Vegas vacation to come down here and go fix my problems, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, we don't have them yet, but you know, I, I foresee that there's going to be some adjusting and figuring out what's going on. Right now, we're we just got the architect back in there to do some last-minute revisions before it goes to the health board. They have to approve it four to six weeks later. <laughs> we're okay to basically start knocking down a wall and figuring out the plumbing and all that good stuff. So, um, you know. Um, but yeah, that's the store. That's that's what's happening. So. Yeah, and with anything, you know, it's a process of optimization and figuring out and trial and error and all that other fun stuff. So, you're in new territory, right? So sure. it's yep. going to take some time to to get get it to where you want to be. But it sounds like you've got a, a good spot yep. right now. So at least you got that going on. And uh, the other thing I wanted to do, wanted to know about uh, both of you mentioned the plateau. So what does that look like for you guys? What does it mean that you've you've leveled out and you feel like okay, I'm stuck now? What does that mean? How do you know? Uh, you want to go first, Gary? Well, uh, there's, um, there's a, I mean, buying is a whole uh, conversation to itself. It's mm -hmm. a, it's an art and a science and a, and a black magic. Um, we'll get to it. For us, it was um, the limitation of bringing in a new line. You know, Guild Ball comes out. Guild Ball is super hot. We physically do not have the space to display that many blisters, you know, all at once. Um so what do we cut, you know, to bring that in? Um, how do we condense? And, and we've condensed as much as we can. Um, and then there's, a, aside from the, the stocking problems, there's a perception problem. You know, people come in and go, because things are jammed in so tight, you can't really highlight what's new um, and they can't find what's old. So there's the perception of, you know, you, you, you don't have what I'm looking for. Well, yes, we do, but it's hidden. Um, there's, not enough, uh, there's not enough tables. The perception is, oh, there's never a table open. Well, there's usually a table open. You've just had bad luck twice in a row. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a two-part thing of um, us as employees uh, being frustrated by what we can and can't carry and the... Uh, and the uh, the customers being frustrated by not getting what they want uh, in the way they want it, and it's pretty much the same for us. So, you know, I look at uh, comps from the previous year, and this year we were still able to do um, like double digits. Um, once the Asmo date thing happened, we lost mm -hmm. a significant amount of revenue there, so we dropped into single digits. But we could see that it was like this incredible rise of every year. We're posting 25% growth, 35% growth, and then this year it was kind of like eh, 11, and then as yeah, the day, yeah, you yeah. know, and it was like yeah. now we're in the three. And don't get me wrong, mass market would kill for 3%, 4% growth mm -hmm. year yeah. by year, but when you're looking at double, 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 you know, and then you're like, oh, what's happening? The reality was there's there's a perception people will not come to us on Friday. He goes, oh, that's yeah. right, magic is going to be crazy. Even though now there's enough stores that the population's kind of defragmented and we're not 90 people, right? We're 45. There's still room. A lot of people don't want to come because they think it's going to be just crazy packed and they're not going to be able to get a seat and all that good stuff. So there's, there's a play perception of like, oh, it's going to be nuts in there and I want to deal with it. And there is a um, – there is a also, he's right, you can't find the stuff you're looking for. I got my receiving guy who's spilling all around. The, he's command. He's literally going to the play area, commandeering one of the tables, yep. bringing yep. our tablet over there to basically scan the inventory because he's got no more room. The little 
300 square foot warehouse we gave them just isn't enough for the shipments they come in. That they're too big. Like literally, the boxes will not fit. You know. Mm. So there's logistics. There's the. I mean, he's in heaven now. We give him like close to 1,300 square feet of just this is your receiving room. Have fun. You know. But uh, but yeah, there, you get to a point where it's like expand or or stagnate and stagnation. Uh, I don't know. Never a good thing in my opinion. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So there's multiple dimensions to it. It's not just. Yeah. Uh, like your sales are leveling out or your growth is leveling out. It's also, you're literally feeling the constraints of this, the square footage that you have. Well, and I'm going to close off with one thing on this before we move on from subject to every, every November. And it's probably something I should mention about last month. We host, uh, we have one big sale every year and this is our, it's an invitational sale, right? It's, it's open to those people to subscribe to our newsletter and, and follow us through the year and stuff like that. So you get an invite, you show up at the door with the invite and then you're let in after hours on usually a Sunday. Um, and it used to move around in date. We kind of settled on November because it's a good month for us to do it. So moving forward, it's going to stick that way. But traditionally what happened the first year was just incredibly nuts, right? I mean, it was literally, we only had one register lane, right? Uh, so from 7 o'clock when we started to midnight, there was a constant line of people checking out at the register. It was incredible. It meant that the following year, I heard back from a lot of people going, man, the savings were great. We loved it. and and. But I didn't want to come. I didn't want to stand in line. I didn't want to wait, right? So we had opened up a second register. went a lot smoother. But this year what we were able to do is we cordoned off the game area. People didn't have to wait in the cold. Because to give you an idea, we were walking out there with hot cocoa and coffee and tea in the previous years to keep people warm. Because they were, the line was wrapped around the building. We had traffic cones to get them. So it's great. I mean, you get hundreds of people. The problem was with the old building, I can't put them in there, right? I mean, while we're... We closed up, we're cleaning up, getting the stuff situated. They're waiting outside. This year we were able to cordon off the game area, keep them in that area, still serve them cider, hot tea, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But they were comfortable. They were sitting down, they were waiting until we could open up the, the ribbons and go, okay, now go shop, right? And I've got some really great feedback from it. So I'm hoping that next year people go, it was great. This was much better. I will tell my friends and they will come, you know, so. Cool. Cool. Yeah, there's another uh, November phenomenon we've all not mentioned. Uh, unfortunately, it's creeped up into Canada. It's called Black Friday, yeah. and um, it's you know it's always been a U.S. thing. And you know Canadians would just watch videos of people stampeding in WalMarts, and we'd all laugh like, "Oh, silly Americans!" And now we're doing it. And yep. I'm vehemently. It's a virus. It's, it spreads. It's yeah. I, I don't participate. I'm really against it. And uh, I was just I was just curious, um, like if you guys did any Black Friday sale stuff, if, if or if that's just for the big box shops or you know, what does it tend to be like down there for you guys? Well, well, for us, it's it's not a particularly busy day. There is definitely a sales uptick as uh, people start getting in that you know shopping frame of mind. Yeah. Yeah. We do a sale, but it's it's not a sale designed to bring more people in. We know we're not going to have that. They're at they're at the stores looking for TV sets. Yeah. So the sale is more kind of a psychological thing of saying, "Yes, we are having a sale." Cuz we don't want to say, "No, we're not having a sale. We we don't care about you. It's Black Friday, but we don't care." <laughs> so we we do do a sale that says, "Yes, we're having a sale." And what we did this year is we put everything black on sale. Right, black sleeves, black singles, <laughs> black paint, you put the black. black box on sale. Really? Yeah, you want the bigger, blacker box? Sure, it's on sale. <laughs> so it was just a way to say yes, we're having a sale, and make people laugh while they're doing it. Fair enough. 
And uh, for us, so we didn't, we never used to. We always went white box. So, so here's what our approach is a little different. When you're done going nuts, waiting on Thanksgiving Day, the day before the, in line to get the TV that hopefully you get or not, we're your place to come, kick your feet up. We start yeah. up every, this is going to be interesting. I don't know how we're going to do this once the cafe opens. We're going to keep doing it. But we just brew pots of coffee and tea and people come in and relax. And we'd set up, that's when we start up our demo stations. We call it Take Five, Take Five Minutes, Relax. We teach them games. So it was an unwind thing. What we discovered was that, you know, I mean, once somebody's gone and spent $2,000 on a TV, their kind of disposable income is gone for games necessarily. So we, didn't, we weren't yeah. capturing anything from it. The other thing, too, is six years ago, the American Express Small Business Saturday started, and we participate in that. Uh, small Business Saturday, it's like a... It's an initiative that they started, and it's basically supposed to be like a Black Friday for small businesses, right? Because traditionally, Black Friday is a, is a mass market thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing we're seeing, too, is it's not Black Friday anymore, at least not here in the United States. It's Black November. I mean, it's these sales get diluted so much over time. Cyber Monday, um, our invitational sale happened the Sunday before. So, you know, I mean, it's all this sale, 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 and it loses significance. But we get a lot of people coming in the store. And the odd thing for me is, so I looked this year... Um, and there is a 2% difference between Black Friday that I did not run any sales of and the following day, which is Small Business Saturday, which we ran sales. Not, not a huge amount because, again, we had that invitation the week before. So people are just in that shopping mode. And it's not that we don't want to do a sale, but we're like, no, tomorrow we have Small Business Saturday if you want to check out some deals. And we hand out the flyers for people because people will still ask, do you have any Black Friday deals? I'm like, no, not really. We don't participate in that. But tomorrow is Small Business Saturday. Here's what we're doing. We give them the flyer, right? So um, I, I don't do sales to attract people. Like I get Walmart. You come in for the, we lost $10 on this TV, but you came in for this. Now you're going to buy toothpaste and all that stuff. We don't have that kind of thing, right? I mean, it's not really like, right. hey, when right. I lost money, I've lost money on that board game. End the story. You know, uh, I might be able to sell the sleeves at full profit. But that's really about it, right? Yeah. yeah. Lost leaders are not really the game that we're playing. No, here. Not for us. Yeah. yeah. So, I did get a, there's a lot of. There's a lot of debate. We were just in one of the forums, me and Wayne, on. There's, there's this debate. Do you do it? Do you not do it? Um, you know, is it worth it? Is it not? Why shouldn't you do it? You know, uh, I think every retailer is a little different on that front. I looked at it and went, there's really no point. We're competing with mass. And we're also competing with a lot of other of our brethren that is trying to just kill themselves by discounting, trying to get people in the door. And it just didn't seem to be. Uh, not, not just our brethren, but. Uh, the manufacturers that supply us are also Fair. competing. Yes, that's us. a new that's a new thing too. The humble bundle from Paizo and the uh, I mean, I, I there's there's a number of Black Friday things that really I, I don't understand it, but you know, give it a bunch. So and for us, there's also this weird thing, right, where you approach Christmas, where the end of the fiscal year, you're going to get taxed on your inventory. So you got to thread this fine line of having enough stock to make everybody happy and not ruin Christmas. It's your fault. I guarantee you, you ruin Christmas. <laughs> um, and still get at the end of the year and not go, well, here's a whole bunch of money, Uncle Sam. Have fun because this is an asset you're going to tax me on. You know what I mean? So, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Okay. So, you know, different ways you could take this. I think we should go backwards in time rather than forwards in time at this point. So we're talking about November. What has been the, uh, let's say, let's start with what's the best selling product line? That you've, you've had in November. Hmm. That's selling product line. 
I don't have one because I do equally about well in the three major departments, mm -hmm. um, CCGs, board games, so I can't say this line was the best one uh, kind of situation. But there were some things that in each department, you know, were pretty stand out, so I can address those if you guys want. I mean, but, uh, um, mm -hmm. I can go first, Thomas, you, I don't want to... Yeah, go ahead, yeah, go ahead, Tom. So we're uh, we're about we're about the same. So the, yeah, the, we there, don't there see was a, some, a change some in categories. Board games that came out. They were pretty much um, kind of like I had a hunch. Um, one of them was um, there's there's Jim Henson's Labyrinth, and oh, uh, yeah. it, it was it was an interesting the way that came about for us. And people a lot of times ask me, how do you decide what you're going to order? The manufacturer asked me this. How do you decide? Sometimes it's literally this gut thing. And this was interesting because. Um, the gentleman who sculpted the figures that went in this game, Johnny Frazier Allen, I think is his last name, he works for Weta Workshop. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with what that is. They, Lord they of the Rings. Put these movies. Yeah, Lord of the Rings, Hobbit, King Kong. They make these, you know, um, nobody's heard of them movies kind of situation. But um, uh, they were in our shop earlier that year because they're going to put out a game next year, right? And I got to meet him and we became friends. So, you know. He sent me some pictures of the stuff he was working on, and I looked at these sculpts. I'm like, look, these are gorgeous, and I don't know how to get, like, I have no information on the game whatsoever, but based on just the figures that were in it, I, I got an idea of the quality of components, and uh, I, I felt that I can sell this to Labyrinth fans. That thing was coming gone in hours, and gone, like, no distributor had it left, no. Were you able to, to find any, Wayne? I know you were interested in it, No, too. I got the flu. <laughs> <laughs> I got the flu. I didn't do anything this week. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, but it's right now, at least here in the U.S., it's kind of sold out. And, and that went, uh, well, last Friday was another um, pretty much runaway hit for us, too. It's a board game where you, you play survivors of a, of a camp. It's it's Friday the 13th, right? And one of you guys is is the, the homicidal killer going around. It's perfect Christmas material, really, when you think about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. But, but it went really good. And the reason why I went heavy on that game, and the only reason why I have six, but to my knowledge, the last six copies in existence, <laughs> um, <laughs> is because uh, I know the guys. They, it's a company in Italy called Ares Games, and I know them, and they were talking to me about this game before it came out. So I went heavy on it. I figured it was going to be a good uh, seller. And then, and we put it in board games because we don't have a dice game category. I understand that this is um, December, really, because the release. All right, so a couple of things. When things go wrong uh, with publishers and their release dates, when they set a release date and things don't go quite well, the information chain is really a problem. Um, when, when somebody puts on their website, available now, and a customer shows up in my store going, hey, this is available now, where is it? And I go, honestly, dude, it shipped late. It's not here yet. Kind of look like the idiot, <laughs> you know. And mm. some are understanding, some not so much, right? Uh, Amazon has it or whatever. Not great, awesome, thanks. Um, so we were lucky that with this product that I'm talking about right now. It's it's a dice game. It's a, it's a collectible card and dice game. Star Wars Destiny, right? I mean, I'm not sure how much legs it's going to have in the future, but right now the initial release, it's it's awesome. I mean, people are curious about it. They're interested. They they like it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. The gameplay is solid. Um, because of the way the game works, the dice have to be uh, very specific with pictures on them. I would have preferred a little bit different style of dice, but, but it's a good, solid game, and it, people have latched onto it. I've sold out of all the boosters. My understanding, and Gary, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're going to do this in waves. We're going to see another wave before Christmas. 
Yes, they uh, they planned on three waves. So there'll be uh, a next wave in a couple weeks, and then another one just before Christmas or at the end of December. The other one there was, uh, and this is, I, I think I need, I feel like I need to write an article on the importance of a customer telling us what they want. Um, another smash thing was the the um, Arkham Horror card game. It came and went in a flash. There was some miscommunication from the publisher on like. If you want to play with four players, you need two starter sets. Nobody knew this until kind of like the very end. So it was a flash yeah. panic because you buy the starter set and then you can only play with two when you thought it was a four-player game. And it's a cooperative game. So you can see how a lot of people want to play it with their friends trying to beat the game, right? Um, it sold out in a matter of days for us. Uh, I don't know how long it took oh. you, Wayne. Hours. Yeah. Hours for us. Yeah. It was, uh, and we went fairly heavy. Every person, every single person bought two. Yeah. But, but to give you an idea... That it was supposed to release on Thursday. That Sunday prior, I had two commitments. In other words, two, two, one person wanted two, or I had two copies spoken for. I kind of had a gut feeling they were going to be better, and I went sort of above and beyond by ordering 35. Right? It's a huge jump from customer demand is two. You decide to order 35. My receiving guy is going stupid, John. You're, are out. you insane? <laughs> yeah, but it, and it's it, it, so it becomes really hard for us to determine. What should we put on our shelves when we don't hear from the customer until the very end? So and that's that's a real difficult game to play. So. I think uh, I felt like I talked only about board games. Um, our magic sales are kind of really plateauing. We're doing really well with Pokemon. We got inundated with product this November with Pokemon. And a lot of gigantic boxes. I mean, like, I even made a comment to the public. We're like, hey, dude, you know? <laughs> like, well, big boxes sell well with kids. I, I get it, but... I don't literally do not know where to put these things, even in this bigger store. Cause it's a matter of fixturing, right? They don't go very well on the pictures. You want to yeah, you can't physically put them on the shelf. Yeah, yeah. They have beautiful window boxes. You can see the stuff inside, right? A lot of empty space, but beautiful statuettes and stuff like that. And if you can't, if you're gonna spine it, you lose it. So um, anyway, so uh, Commander was a good success. Magic, role playing wise, um, the Legend of the Five Rings RPG for D and D five point so, oh. right, yeah. So that that was uh, it, I blame I blame Paul for this. He put it to my attention. Paul is a retailer friend of ours. He's on the Gamma Retail Division. Um, he now also works for the publisher of this game, uh, Cubicle Seven. Am I right, Wayne? I think it's Cubicle Seven. I believe so. Yep. Yeah. So, anyways, he turned us on to this early on, and you know, looking at it, what's happened now is Fifth Edition has gone open license, so people can write for it. And this company has the rights to do the Lord of the Rings campaign setting. So you put 5th edition D&D, you add Lord of the Rings, you're going to get some sales. Yeah, yep. It's all gone. Uh, it's just nuts gone. There was a, Oh, and the limited edition uh, cover of Bolo's Guide to Bolo's Monsters. Guide. Wow. Just thank you. That was a great Christmas present from Wizards. They basically did this, this, this limited edition cover that was only for brick and mortar stores. And it just went. We didn't upcharge it. We just sold it at the regular price. But it yep. sold. We're in the neighborhood. I think about 125, 130 copies sold of that one until we right. everybody ran out, and now we're we're done. So, right. right. Yep. I think I'm done talking. <laughs> so sorry for hogging it. Um, why don't you go for a little bit of Wayne, and I can talk about miniatures if you guys want to hear about what's selling in miniatures too. So. Yeah. Sure. Um, <clears throat> so. I mean, our, our Warhammer slash used Warhammer is always our big seller uh, consistently. It's uh, a big reason people come to our store, so that's just par for the course. Uh, the Magic Commander decks I mentioned earlier, they, of course, did really well. Bolo's Guide, I 
anything I brought in just sold out for D and D. That was another uh, big hit. Um, Pathfinder Deadly Foes, uh, the newest uh, RPG accessory miniature set from Pathfinder. Um, they really outdid themselves again. Uh, the last set was the Rusty Dragon Inn. Uh, that was their most successful set up until now because uh, they did like a little tavern and they started doing like, you know, like horses and wagons and things, objects that you actually need if you're using miniatures. And uh, these, this time they did the same thing, like, wow, okay, this works. And they put in a bunch of new objects. They got this um, uh, Book of the Dead thing or something sitting on a post, and the book's separate. You can actually pick it up. Um, it's our King Tower thing with ruins in it. Uh, the, my favorite is the magic rope trick. It's literally uh, a spool of rope, and then it goes straight up in the air, and then goes to a portal. I don't know how they managed to sculpt that, but it, it looks—it's in reinforced plastic mold until you take it out of that for packaging purposes, obviously. But um, yeah, just some really cool items like that. Of course, they're very rare. They're—you know—you get one per case, but um, uh, so that's that's really been well received. And uh, any surprises? Surprises for November. Um, Other than the flu. Well, you, you know, you did mention, sorry? Other, Other than the flu. flu. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, well, the, the Pokemon. The Pokemon's been, mm. been big, and, and, uh, and John, you see how small my shop is. Like, you're talking about those giant boxes. They're, they're thinking about Walmart and stuff. Like, <laughs> they're not thinking about stores like us, I don't think. And, um, you know, we, we bring in as much Pokemon as we can because it is so hot right now, especially with all the kids leading up to Christmas. Um, and it's uh, super frustrating to not be able to display it all. And like, like I literally can't even display all the box sets up. I have to go, oh, we have some more box sets and pull them out and show them. Um, but what's uh, um, rather than product, I guess, and this ties into the Pokemon, uh, we've successfully lodged uh, a Pokemon for kids after school event that has really taken off. We had one for Magic for a while, which did really well, which is why we decided to do this. And uh, the Pokemon now is doing fantastic. And I, that's an obvious lead into the increase in sales, too. Mm. Uh, so um, pretty excited about that and how, how well that's going. And, and surprised how much it's selling. Like, you know, before I buy maybe four displays of boosters and it take a while to go through them and with the newest uh set evolutions i mean geez i, I you know i bought six displays they sold out i buy another six like right away like it just it just went um so but you know pokemon's one of those games where it's it's it goes high and then it dips down back low so we'll see how long that lasts uh star wars destiny of course we can't i mean i got some coming i think next week um but yeah that was another terrible like high demand low availability it's all allocated um we we applied for the the pre-release kit and we couldn't get it um those, those were super short sorry those were super short we were yeah, yeah, one, yeah. so um you know I'm, I'm not gonna get into singles or anything like that especially with dice i think dice singles would be I already do miniature singles, which are even bulkier. I don't have room for another bulky type uh, singles market in my store. Um, 
but uh, we'll see how it goes. I, you know, I might be. It's it's going to do well because it's Star Wars. It's a new Star Wars movie. I don't know about you guys, but that's what I'm looking forward to most about Christmas. Yeah, it's Star Wars movie, and um, uh, so with that um, happening, of course, Star Wars Destiny is going to be huge. Anything Star Wars is going to do well, and uh, X Wing continues to be a really strong uh, seller. Um, Armada, we sold a ton of Armada actually. Maybe that's my surprise. More Armada um, is being sold. But, uh, as as people buying it as gifts or? I don't think so. <laughs> I think I think uh, I think they're gift shopping for themselves mostly. Huh. Um, and we're getting. We also of- saw an uptick. Sorry. Yeah. We you also saw we also saw an uptick in Armada, and I don't know where it came from because they're not regulars. No, and I'm the same way. I think, hmm. so when you look at those, uh, they're gorgeous models. I, I wonder how many of these are just ending up on somebody's shelf uh, or bookcase, or how many people play with it. They're, they're just absolutely gorgeous. I mean, I have some. I don't get enough playtime, but, man, do I have a lot of X-Wing and, and Armada. They're just incredibly well-painted, just beautiful. Yeah. Right? I mean, and you can see them, again, window packaging. You can see them in the box. So yeah. Uh, yep. It might be just a, like, I don't care. This is a cool model. Um Heck, I know I got several of the X-Wing big ships that never have seen play. I never got around to playing with them, but, man, are they awesome looking. So. Yeah, but it, it's generally like, um, you know, someone will buy a, a starter set, which is a pretty big purchase, and then a, and a couple other ships to to supplement it. Like, it's, it's usually a big purchase every time someone buys it. And then, of course, once in a while, someone just picks up a ship or two. I think I think Christmas gifts might be more of, like, See, it's it's tough, right? We're in a, we're in an industry where people come in, loved ones come in, and they're shopping for their not our loved ones. But people come in shopping for their loved ones, and um, they're like, "Okay, um, he plays this, and do you know what I can get him if he plays this?" And you're kind of like, "Well, it really depends on what he has, what he, what type of faction he plays." Like, there's so many variables depending on the game. It's kind of tough. So uh, we, you know, it's it's so relieving when a customer comes in with a list, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I don't know what this is, but I want this and this, and they're like, oh yeah, I know what that is, and they have this big sigh of relief. Oh okay, I I don't even know what this is, and you have it, so that's amazing. And we're Wait, like, we pushed, uh, we several years ago we pushed really hard, and now it's a Christmas tradition for us. We do holiday wish lists, like a gift registry. It's okay. all computerized for us, and it's a lifesaver. Um, mm-hmm. Grandma comes in, she has no idea, and while I know the customer, it could be somebody I know deeply, like I, this guy shops in my store every week, he's in here playing, the problem is it's difficult to get into their heads what they want right now, also it's very difficult to go, if Grandma picked this up, and Uncle Joe picks this up, now you can do, versus if we have a wish list on our computer, uh, it literally, as things get uh, picked up, we can see and we go, no, 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 don't buy this, right, these, these are the things that he's still looking for that I haven't been bought. And the final thing that we can do that's really good, too, when we get this customer that wants the $500 crazy uh, Warhammer 40K box set, the family can chip in and start putting in deposits on that item, and it becomes a communal gift. And then the, all the customer has to do is come in and pick up. Maybe there's $20 left on the item. He just pays for that, and it's, it's done. It's been a lifesaver. So if you can implement that somehow when you get a spare moment, it'll save you a lot of grief. And then you got to push it to the customers because they don't know sure. about it. you got to explain yeah. how it works, but it's... It's good. Yeah, it was, cool. That sounds like a great idea. There's companies that proactively do that. Like Games Workshop will yep. send you files, like PDFs to print out. Like here's a, a wish list for your customers to fill out. There's a, there's a few companies that will do that. Yeah. 
It's like a really like early the wedding generic. registry. Yeah. yeah, it's it's basically a wedding registry. It's you know, and we're, we're it's becoming popular now to where we're keeping it year round because what's happening we're noticing now is people do it for their birthdays. So and yeah. those are it can be any day of the month, you know. So, so I want to ask a couple questions about that because I think it's really interesting. How did you come across that? Like, what do you use to do that for your? Uh... Your site. So my uh, my store manager, she used to work in a couple of big box stores, and she's like a layaway genius. She's like, why don't we just use the built-in layaway system that we have, right? Even though we're not necessarily using it to put money down on something, we are creating a list of things on under the layaway program. Um, it's part of RMS. It's, it's built-in function on our point-of-sale system. And then, incidentally, if people want to put some money down on an item, you can because it's, it's literally that, right? I mean, basically, the layaway puts a commitment in for an item. And it you you effectively take it off the shelf, right? Mm -hmm. Christmas is a little different. We don't take things off the shelf because there's so much. People put in a wish list of like 25 items. They're probably not getting it all 25 items. But it means that when the customer comes in, any one of my employees can pull up this gentleman's uh, registry, right? Yeah. Um, this layaway can go. Oh, I see that this has been picked up. I see that this has been picked up. This hasn't. This hasn't. And it's on our shelf. Like, let me show you where it is. And then the customer can make a decision of what they want to buy. Even if they have no idea what it is, sometimes they'll ask us, what do you think is better? I'm like, well, don't buy this because nobody's bought the starter. If, you, if you're going to buy Destiny boosters and nobody's bought their starter, don't, right? Because he's going to have a bunch of stuff that, well, Destiny maybe is a bad example because with enough boosters, you can put together a deck, but you get what I'm getting at, right? You want to have a, a starting point. So, um, and it, it was this is all Brooke. She's a genius with this stuff. She knows how to work it inside and out. She taught us and... We, I, it was incredible. We never thought of it before. We're like, we, we don't do layaways. You're right, we don't, but we can use it to do, you know, um, gift registry stuff. It's really cool. I, I wrote that down. I'm going to explore that further. That's a really good idea. I think I, we should talk about that. Yeah, I'm writing okay. it down too. Yeah. <laughs> See, I told you, it doesn't matter how informative you don't want to be. If we just talk, stuff comes out. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Gary, your turn. Uh, let's see. Gosh. Um, well, the biggest one of the biggest things for us in November is we were talking about POS systems and layaway, which my POS system doesn't do. Was our POS system had some major server problems, so uh, there was a, a lot of fluctuations, and people who were selling online all got cut off from their online systems. And yeah, it's been uh, it's been a challenge. It's been a real challenge to try and uh, to try and stick with it. Um, so yeah, when you go with a centralized, well, even, even POS systems that just reside on one computer have problems. I had one of those and ended up at calling tech support in India at 4am. Um, but yeah, web-based ones can, can definitely, uh, have some problems as well. As far as what's selling, um, I'll just echo what, what John said. Um, Arkham Horror Living Card Game was, was huge. I wish I had bought 10 times. I wish I'd known to buy 10 times as much. Uh, we actually did one of the Destiny pre-releases. So we've been pushing Destiny for, for quite a while now. But like up until a few days before the pre-release, we had one or two people interested. And then it sold out. And people waiting in line to try and get into this pre-release. People drove for hours and hours to get into this pre-release. Um, and then the day, we, the day we got it, it sold out in, in under an hour. We sold. I bought double what I thought would sell and it sold out in an hour. Wow. So if I could have taken all the money I spent on the supposedly very limited uh, pre-re-release uh, of Eternal Masters um, and bought Destiny with it, 
I would have made a heck of a lot more money. Um, yeah. As far as surprises, the biggest surprise for me so far has been Malifaux, the uh, skirmish-based, our favorite Western punk, steampunk, horror <laughs> miniatures game. They, uh, they've put out a, uh, a series of campaign events that has really uh, caught fire with their community. So we've got a lot of more interest in Malifaux to play these events, and it's uh, it's been doing extremely well between their new releases and uh, and this campaign that they put out. It's been it's been good. I'll have to look um, at it. We let we let ours simmer a little bit, and I love the game. It's one of my one of my favorite miniature game. But uh, we have a dormant community for it that's moved on to X Wing and other things. But if they have a good campaign system, I have to look at it. So. Yeah, yeah. Look up their website, and they uh, they're they're releasing uh, uh, scenario based stuff. Uh, every week or two or something like that. I don't know the details, but yeah, it's been it's been very good. A lot of the things are. I, I, they describe the scenario to me, and it, it it sounds like good, like Team Fortress style. You know, um, protect the the thing kind of scenarios rather than just deathmatch stuff, which is pretty boring. Um, so that's been really good. Uh, board games are are hot and getting hotter as Christmas comes about. Um, and now is the season when we get calls for obscure games we've never heard of. Hi, do you have such and such? No, never heard of it. And I've been doing this for 10 years. And <laughs> I've still never yeah. heard of it. But it's a game they played when they were a kid. So that happens. Or it's Target exclusive. That's a phenomenon we're seeing here in the United States. There's a lot of these. I, I, honestly, I don't. They don't even seem like games to me sometimes. But, you know, yeah. Just like, yeah, little social activities. Yeah. Um, kind of things, but um, it's, so we're seeing a lot of um, Target exclusives, Walgreens exclusives, et cetera, et cetera. I, I'm really not offended by that or anything like that. It's just very difficult for us to keep up with the information flow and tell customers, look, we can't get it, you know, or we have to go search for this weird random thing. Um, and it makes me feel bad because I am the source of knowledge for a lot of these people. I don't want to disappoint them. So. Yeah. Okay. So one thing that the, uh came to my mind was uh, Stinkers. Has there been anything that just kind of like <laughs> fell flat for you guys? <laughs> mm, not mm, all not like magic. Sure. But Caladesh yeah. has been really kind of meh. You know. <clears throat> oh, and how, how are you guys doing with that plane chase ontology? Want them? The <laughs> well, I, I, I instinctively reduced my numbers um, right before ordering it. I was going to order 20, and instead I ordered 10. And basically, I just looked back at the uh, the dual deck anthology, and back then I bought 10, and I have two left, which is kind of perfect. Um, so I think the 10 I bought, you know, are going to last me for a while, and and that's okay. But um, yeah, yeah, it's not flying off the shelf. It's a pretty big ticket item, and. You know, In fact, I, other than the, the Commander set, not much has been flying off the shelf. Yeah, uh, Magic feels plateaued to me right now, and it's it, there's a number of factors. It could be that we suck, and everybody else around us is such a great Magic store that we're not, and, and that's okay, I understand that. But in general, um, so this year we saw four stores close in our area. Last year it was three. It's a significant number of closures that are happening. So I don't think, and, and a lot of these stores were magic heavy. So I'm, I'm not trying to point to a bubble bursting or anything like that, but there is a lot of, 
I see in my crowd a lot of diversification. They play magic. They also play other stuff. So, you know, the money is that. You look at where they're spending, and it's not always magic. And they have to make some hard decisions on what to buy and what not to buy. Uh, but um, I did think of one stinker. And I'm, so there was a little bit of controversy with the, the games workshop right now because they've been pushing the envelope for us retailers of doing these incentives that are based on what you order. Uh, to get everything, every promotional item, every cool little sticker, decal, banner, for Blood Bowl, which is a game I love. I love that game. It's been gone for two decades now, I think, I want to say. Um, you know, and they relaunched it this year. Um, but in order to get everything, um, you had to get 96 copies. This is a $100 game. Yeah. I, I don't know anybody that did yeah. 96 copies. If they did, hey. Awesome. Show me how you did it, man. I, um, so we <laughs> were a little conservative. Yeah. We ordered eight. I have six still on the shelf. So I would call that a stinker for me. And there's a number of hindrances that I think the manufacturer sort of hampered me with. Um, in order to get one of the limited edition dice sets, I needed to order 13 copies of the base set. In order to get uh, the Skaven team that came out, of, so that you basically get two teams in the box. And the only other team that was available at launch was the Skaven team. Uh, we're looking at having to order four copies for every copy of the, the team I can order. So it, a lot of people right now I'm getting from them, I'm waiting. I, I don't want to play with the two teams that are in the box set. I don't care about humans. I don't care about orcs. I play undead. I play, you know. So it's going to be, I think I'm not going to get rid of these six remaining copies until we see more teams coming out for them. And so not an issue, except if you look at it, Gary's right. I could have taken that money and put it into more Destiny and had that money back in my pocket when the teams yep. are available. So, you know, it's difficult decisions, right? But, yeah, I would call that a stinker for me. Sorry, yeah, GW. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it dead product, though. You know, I think no. it's going to sell. Uh, we, we sold three copies before this weekend. This Today, as I speak, we're running a Blood Bowl tournament. So we'll see uh, how many more we sell. But uh, I was actually afraid I didn't order enough, but looks like we'll be okay, and I can order more next week. But yeah, I, I, Games Workshop is always ridiculous with what they give you if you order a certain amount. Like, I mean, the first level is like you buy five copies of Blood Bowl and you get a window decal. Like, shouldn't they just give you a window decal because like you're putting their advertisement in your window? Don't they want you to do that anyways? I, I don't really understand that incentive. But uh, but I have to say the one thing that they do really well around the holiday season, uh, and I always take them up on this, is their um, their extended credit uh, facility. Uh, so this uh, this EFC uh, lets you buy a, uh, up to a certain amount of product based on. You know how much you usually buy it from them. They they figure out the limit. You only well, can get two or three thousand dollars or whatever, and let you make this huge order and not pay for it until months later. Um, Post holiday. Although I always try to pay it on the earliest date, which was this past week, uh, December. If it was paid by December second, you got an additional two percent off off your discount, and you know that you still got your product. I think I can't remember. I think it was like a month, at least a month. Uh, before you had to pay, which is pretty nice. Um, usually you have to get, you know, get really good credit and fill all these forms to get terms like that. Not that I like using terms because then I start spending money I don't have and then the bills start coming in. I prefer to pay in real time. Um, 
so they, that's always really good. It's a great way to stock on, you know, those big box items that do well for Christmas, like the, the all those $100 army boxes to start start playing Space Marines and start playing Tyranids or whatever. They always do really, really well. Um, but uh, quickly going back to Kaladesh, just want to want to say that I can't keep it on the shelf, personally. Um, people but- love it. And, and we have a more casual crowd. We don't have a big tournament scene. And maybe it just appeals more to the, the the casual crowd. I'm not sure, but no, it's it's difficult for me to say too because we are definitely in a more saturated market. So you know, it could right. be that literally I'm making a little bit, he's making a little bit, or somebody's. You know, I, uh, yeah, it's well, Toronto's a big magic town. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, how about uh, you know? I always pull out my holiday specific titles in November. Um, you know, cause, and again, this is, well, I don't like putting Christmas versions of games out all year round anyways, but I also have limited space. So, you know, I get rid of all the holiday munchkin items. They got so many of them. And for example, and put them in storage and then, you know, they, they come out leading up to Christmas and, Hopefully we sell them because if you don't sell them at Christmas time, they don't sell them very it's well. Back in the storage. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. For us, Munchkin sells no matter what it is. You you put, uh, yeah, Munchkin anything doesn't matter what the season. If it's holiday, it's just, it's just it's Munchkin. So, you know, it'll it'll move. Uh, I'm still amazed by how much Munchkin we can move. You know, years after it's come out and things keep coming out. Guest artist, holiday, Easter egg. It doesn't matter. It's like crazy but um and we don't do that actually that's but now that we have the space i might dabble with the idea of making a christmas end cap of holiday themed things that doesn't seem like a bad idea to try to do so yeah halloween you can do like horror themed games and that, that's dudes, and i think it's got more to do with the fact that there is one holiday as far as i'm concerned and that is halloween everything else i <laughs> it's just not important to me so uh See, and Gary, he he's permanently decorated for Halloween, right? You're good yep. to go. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that's our decoration year round. Well, yeah. I know this sure. is going back to October, but it's the end of October. What did you guys wear? Did you wear costumes? Did you? Um, did you yeah, costume? for, the week, for the week of Halloween, our our employees are encouraged to wear costumes. But yeah, so I, oh. I will have a different one usually every day. Um, we also do um, Halloween is a big okay. Kudos to FFG. We kind of stole this idea from you guys years ago, but we do a weekend in Arkham, okay? So around our Halloween time, we start doing these sort of overnight events and things like that where we play Mansions of Madness, Arkham Horror, anything that's got to do with Cthulhu or a horror theme, but in general, more Cthulhu flat. And so um, we do overnight lock games. We turn the lights down. This year was great because we decorated one of the reservable rooms with candelabras, and we had like a lightning effects in the window, you know, and after a certain while, because like, people that were playing in there, me included, our old farts, we had to turn the lights back on because we were going to read the print on the small cards, but it, it was fun. Uh, you know, uh, we had, uh, we had we got a fog machine. It was, uh, you know, because we closed the store, right? So we're in this little room, and the outside of the store is all fogged up, and uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was a lot of fun, and when it comes to Halloween, I, that's my thing. I, I love that stuff, so... Yes, we, we do a lot with it, but costumes are, are a big part of it, yes. Uh, so This year we did the first year of a themed for the, the crew. We had one day where everybody had to be within that theme, so we picked superheroes, and, you know, it was really cool having the whole staff. Um, somehow we magically sort of ended up with the Avengers kind of situation. Um, 
So I, it's fun stuff. So, and the customers can into it too. I was I was actually just curious what you wore personally for Halloween. Oh, because um, <laughs> I, I didn't dress up for my store, but sure. Uh, I did an indie costume. I went as uh, for people that know me. I'm a little sometimes prone to uh, anger, so I went as Bruce Banner. Um, you know, with the the whole uh, the coat and tinges of green because I'm like. Don't make me mad, employees. You want to like me when I'm mad. Um, what else did I do? I went as a, a Greek guy, um, Roman centurion, uh, and I think I broke out my Jedi robes again. So, yeah, I think those were the five costumes. You do take it seriously. I, I do. <laughs> Halloween is it. I love that. I was expecting one costume, but... Yeah. No, because it's different days, right? The whole week, and I, I work pretty much every day, <laughs> so you change. Oh, oh yeah, um, Halloween's more than one day, don't you know? Yeah, it's. it's uh, I went uh, for the Arkham Horror Night. Uh, I went as uh, an inmate from Arkham Asylum. So, All right, now I got everybody completely, <laughs> completely off subject. But did uh, anybody have? What do you? Where do you put your miniatures for D&D? What category? Because we put it in RPG, and we're like, we, we never know. Do we put it in miniatures? Do we put it in RPG? Do we, it, obviously, well, those the, are just sellers. The, you know, the sealed product, the boosters, um, that's all on shelves beside all the books, beside the role-playing books. Like the D&D boosters, um, figure boosters, miniature boosters are beside the D&D stuff. The Pathfinder miniature boosters are beside the Pathfinder books. It's right there, but as far as the miniatures go, um, because there's so many of them and such a huge, you know, inventory that has to be all organized and stuff, those are organized in boxes behind the counter, just like magic cards, and um, at our shop anyways, and they basically just need to ask to see a box, and we throw up a set, pull up the lid, the price list is on the lid, they search through the box for what they want, add up that amount, then they go through another set. And we have some helpful links on our website, um, like that links to all the galleries for all the miniatures ever made for D&D and Pathfinder. Um, so they can come in with a shopping list because if they just come in, oh, I'm just looking for this. It's like, okay, did you look research any of the sets? Or And usually they say no, and and we try to help them as best we can. But you know, it only help people so much finding you know a rogue for their character when you have other customers that, that need help. So... Um, encourage them to do that research on their own. So that's, yeah, that's, that's where we do our miniatures. It, it is in the role-playing section, like the displayed stuff. Yeah, I was curious, both for you and uh, Gary, in which department do your sales count? Do you put D&D miniatures like in RPG sales, or do you put them in miniature sales? Because for us, it's always, we go back and forth, we change them in like things like every year, and we're like, I don't know, why are they buying this, for D&D, or they're buying it for, you know, so... Uh, we we cop out and we make a new category called uh, miniatures that are not specifically associated with any particular game. Okay, awesome. Um, so all the Reaper Bone stuff goes in there. Oh. The the WizKid stuff will go in there when it comes out. Um, so yeah, it's a, we actually track it separately. Um, it's a bit of a hybrid. We, um, I didn't understand that that question, John. Oh, so my my answer is D and D miniatures. Um, that's the button on our cashier. And that's both for Pathfinder and DD Miniatures because it's all the same thing, anyways. Yeah. So, in particular, the set that, you know, the latest one that came out, you're right. The reason why it's selling so, and it's selling well for us too, is because those accessories span the spectrum. It doesn't matter. A cool a chair 
it doesn't matter if you're playing D&D or you're, I guess if you're playing a fantasy RPG, it works, right? Uh, that tavern set that they put out, that was awesome, you know, because mm-hmm. any fantasy RPG setting, you can use it, so. Oh, the premium figure? Yeah. Oh, Cthulhu and the Clockwork Dragon. <laughs> oh, yes, I forgot about that. Those sold out really fast, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Take a while, guess which uh, I bought that and split it with an employee. I kept the Cthulhu one. <laughs> I wasn't too thrilled with the dragon, but he loved it. So I'm like, all right, awesome. You know, a lot of people like the dragon. Yeah. I've got to get you guys to give me some lessons on selling these things because uh, we got them stacking up and I can't get rid of them. The limited edition the, stuff? Yeah. Okay, awesome. and, and, well, the, and the blind boosters. Uh, we've, we've tried breaking them out for singles. We've tried selling them as blind boosters. And people walk past them to get to the Reaper Bones. Well, and Reaper Bones is, is a huge category for us. I think for us is we tap into those people that don't feel like they have any painting skills or they're, mm-hmm. I don't want to offend anybody. Let's just say they're not lazy. They literally are in a situation like me. I don't have any time for, even no though time. I the heck out of it, I have no time for painting. So for them, it's not a matter of money. It's a matter of like, look, I need some painting miniatures. I don't want to pay, play when I'm painted. Mm-hmm. So we steer them to that, uh, um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I can give you whatever advice you want whenever you want it so. okay have you guys ever considered like a uh, like a swap market we do that kind of like yeah like yes, your you local store like it's not moving for me do you want it can you sell it if you like it's moving in your area can you like buy oh, it between retailers other? oh yeah oh yeah we do it all oh. the time yeah but i thought you were talking about customers we actually do well we used to do it a lot then the store got too packed and we couldn't do it anymore so for the past two years we haven't uh, the plan is to redo it now we have a once a month, uh, customers can get a table from us, and they come in and they basically sell their stuff that they don't want anymore. Right? Uh, it's all done yeah, through our market. register, and uh, yeah, it's a flea market. And uh, we give them back ninety-eight percent of what they sell in store credit. Uh, we keep the two percent because we handle the, pro- the credit card fees and all that good stuff, right? Uh, but and then they just use it to buy new games. It's really successful for us. The big problem is. If you don't have a lot of space, you're going to run into the problem we ran into, which is like, I got no place to put your product, right, and have you sell it. So, because I have to give up a, a space for somebody to play, and that was what stopped it at the old store. So, we're resuming it next year in our new store. But that's interesting. And yes, by all means, it would be great to be able to set up something like that for. We do it a little bit, right? I mean, obviously. If, if somebody has, it's a little difficult for me and Wayne, perhaps, because shipping stuff across. Uh, barriers. Yeah. True, but yeah, you know, I was thinking more like semi-regional kind of thing. Like with yeah. uh, with you, yeah, Green, Gary, and John. With you guys, you're cons- considerably closer than, like you said, with uh, right. with Wayne and being in Toronto and all that. But even like state to state or province to province or something like that, is there is that like a common thing for retailers to be like, hey, you know, you're in a town that's an hour or two away from me, and you know, shipping wouldn't necessarily be insane, but like oh, I've got a hundred or I got 50 copies of this thing that's just going nowhere, but you're selling out. Do you want them? Like, is that like a thing that, uh, is that common? Um, yes, I would say it's very common. Okay. Uh, we've, we've many times, uh, closed out a line when we've decided, well, we're going to, we're rather than, you know, dribble it out the door a piece at a time. We'd like to, we need that space now mm-hmm. and we'll post on one of the retailer forums or ask a, uh, a, uh, fellow retailer who's in the region, but not so close that they, you know, directly that they compete. that it might directly compete. Um, you know, someplace you know an hour away or so, and uh, yeah, say absolutely if you'll you know, if you're willing to take the uh, take all of it, I'll give you a real real good price on it. 
and I would rather trade for product, right? I would rather than, you know, rather than you give me money for it. I'd like something that you have that you're not selling that I can sell. There's, um, I wouldn't, this is much less common, but I got approached by one of the retailers that's literally 10 minutes away from me, and he's got a little different setup. He does okay with board games, but he can't move magic. So he wanted to trade some of my board games for his magic, which I might still do. He's got some modern masters that he can't get rid of, and I'm like, okay, I can probably do something with that, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes it's difficult to find a good match, right? The stuff yeah, you don't want, maybe I don't want also, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Miniatures are often really good for that because miniatures can be the the real pockets of uh, of mm -hmm. players for that. That it's the, there's a there's a game um, Infinity that uh, we tried to do for a while, but couldn't get it to work. Just down the road, an hour away, it's super hot. So yeah. that's the way miniatures work sometimes. Yeah, just a thought I had. So while we were on the topic of holidays, though, I thought uh, since it's currently December 3rd, as of the day of the re this recording. I thought maybe we should talk about uh, what you guys predict for December. What are you uh, planning on? What do you think the holiday season is going to be like for you guys? Mm. Got anything special coming up? Um, I, I think for us it's going to be pretty solid. Even though we're not, we're still reeling back from the move. The store is a mess as far as organization and where to go. Um, November was a solid month for us. Um, again, we, we lost a significant amount of sales on the Asmodee line, and it's it's only important because it's such a huge line. But uh, we're doing okay in every other department, so um, I'm more looking forward to 2017. I think December is going to do well. Um, our first two days were yesterday. We were up 25% until you know we got blocked off by the police. <laughs> uh, we still ended up way above the previous year for that day. So. But it's still a little you tell. The big catch for us will be the same catch it is every year. Can we capitalize on products uh, before they run out? Because that's really what happens. And I can't stress this enough with the customers. We're still in an industry that is very uh, fluctuating with the inventories. And it takes a long time to restock these products. It's not just like they go call up the printer and two days later is in my shop. It doesn't work that way, guys. Mm -hmm. They come from China. Even if not everything is made in China, the box may be printed in Canada, the, the meeples may be coming from Italy, you know, so it's all got to get together, assembled, and then it's got to come to us. So it's important. Uh, we don't take money down for orders, for example. We, we take you on faith that you're going to pick it up, and we appreciate it. But if you don't let us know, and you're just like, oh, I'll, uh, maybe I'll see it when the next time I'm in. You, you may, you may not. So, yeah, it's... It, for us, it's a difficult game every December of we have the right product mix on the store. Um, so those are the, the, the definite challenge this year like it was the year before and the year before that, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, solid predictions, Star Wars Destiny, it's going to be hot. We're going to love the heck out of the sales if we get another shipment before Christmas, you know, and how much are we going to get? You know, that's another people think people don't understand. John, why don't you buy more? I can't. That's not a matter of money. As much as I can't. have. It's, it's a matter yeah. of, I got everything I could get, so, you know, um, the board games are looking solid for us, even though there's a, a little bit of a market glut of figuring out what's the winners, what's not. Um, we're probably, I would imagine, see more competition with this over the years with board games, because that's the new hot ticket. Um, for as much as I talked about, there were five stores that went out of business this year, four the year before. I believe there's a, another gentleman trying to do a board game cafe about two miles away from us, so that's a 
another popular thing that's happening now. I blame you, sir. You made it look easy. It's all your fault. <laughs> you know. So, but you know, so but this it's looks like it's not more, easy. No, I know. And this looks like it's more like an actual cafe that's trying to get people to buy more coffee by giving out yeah, yeah. board game rentals, yeah. right? So I don't know how much competition we're directly going to have in, in any not, way. N- not as much as you would think. Probably not, and and I, I don't wish anybody any ill will. If you can make money, I can make money. We're we're happy, great, awesome. Um, but um, you know, I think Magic for us is gonna coast. Um, we just got approved to be do the next level of uh, leagues for uh, Pokemon. Uh, we got invited to. This is I'm a little worried about. Uh, Wizards invited us to test out beta test a new weird. Did you guys get an invite on that? Or? Oh yeah, yep. Okay, so yeah. it's kind of scary because we're the live testers, and that. Crashes me in the middle of we have a PTQ a PTQ today for example right I'm I'm just like oh we don't even yes. do updates to the weir on Friday we don't We're like I don't care what it says no. don't do it yeah no. so no. you know um but keep a yeah, paper, think, keep a paper backup yeah if you're using beta yeah well, everything beta is were. yeah paper so um in general though we're excited we're optimistic about the the industry in general. Um, it's a great time to be in our business. It's, it's changes, right? And those are always scary. But uh, I, I think we're going to do okay. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I'm more excited by what what what's going to happen next year than I am about Christmas. I mean, Christmas is always is always relatively solid. It's more about you know stocking the evergreens. Um, but uh, yeah, next year is uh, next year is a chance to really expand what we do. I mean, thinking about. I'm excited by bringing in toys. I'm excited by the idea of bringing in puzzles. Um, I've thought about comics, and then I thought you're crazy to bring in comics, and then I thought mm, I really have to think about comics. Um, so yeah, next year's uh, is going to be really exciting for the industry and for uh, us as a store. I mean, I've, uh, I've made some specific focuses for my bulk up on product for uh, for Christmas this year. And I made sure to really bulk up on um, the board games that could only get through these exclusive distributors in Canada. Mm-hmm. And those include big titles like Pandemic, Pandemic Legacy, all the pandemics. Uh, Carcassonne is another big one. Um, even Mr. Jack is exclusive. Uh, so I just, and, and I actually shrunk my War Machine Hordes uh, display by about four feet, just condensing it. And putting up another row of four foot shelves and just filled it with all the pandemics and carcassones and stuff. And and I put Catan up there too. Is this is this, this big call out wall of shiny new board games that uh, you know uh, and that board games are a big seller at Christmas. They're like that that's the gift, you know. Yep. And and we have a really great uh, mentality here in Toronto. A lot of people are like down with shopping local, shopping with the small guy. We have a Toys Rest around the corner. Well, they'll come here first. They'll come to us first, and uh, you know I really appreciate that. And that's that's one thing I I'm prepared for. I never decorate, not even for Halloween. I, I used to decorate when I was young and bright eyed, and you know had all this extra energy and and uh, you know decorated for every holiday. And basically, it just turns into a lot of extra work with no extra sales. You know, it's it's something you do. You know, I. I I guess it would be something I'd let my staff do if they want. It's not something I'm going right. to, but yeah. you know, I, I want, I'd rather them like work on sorting singles or doing <laughs> another project than putting up, you know, yes. so clean something or inventory something. 
Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I basically have a Christmas nut in the store. My sales manager, if I don't let him decorate for Christmas, there will be <laughs> like an uprising. And I'd rather just fine, I'm gonna waste these hours. I give every year I give him a budget to buy more decorations. I'm like, you're winning that budget, go do it. So I, I'm okay with that. Halloween, I come in on my days off and I do it. That's that's me. I don't sure. care. That's, you know, that's, you know. that's your thing. That's your thing. But like for I, I just think we're unique in that when People walk into a store; they're already already a, 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 a un, I can't even say the word. Yes. Yeah. They're yeah. overwhelmed by all this visual candy. Like it's it's really cool to walk into a game store and yeah. you know there's all these toys for, it's for men. Christmas in a game store. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas every and it's back to that third space. So I'm away from home, right? And you're definitely you're there. Sometimes a little too comfortable living room space, but you know. Sometimes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I do have one more thing, and this might be something that other retailers want to do. But one, th- one last final little sale we do, and it's very minor, but uh, right before uh, the Sunday before Christmas, the weekend before Christmas, we run what's called the Stuff Your Stocking Sale. And mm-hmm. basically, anything you can put in your stocking is 15% off. Uh, it helps with that last minute, oh my God, panic, I forgot about so and so. And then we've had some people that have literally taken a sleeping bag, put a. Um, uh, what you call an edge over the top of it, and it looks like a stocking. And they stuck. I'm like, and I don't care. Like, Merry Christmas, you know. So uh, you might get some some smart guy like that or or girl. Um, but the, you know, that's that's the last thing we sort of do for Christmas. Um, and it's. Uh, do you guys do any charity work? And then I guess I'm gonna wrap this up on my end because I'm just literally just keep going. Like, do you guys? Do any- <laughs> Oh yeah, you know what? I just uh, I just made a, a big board game donation to a friend who uh, does uh, charity work and helps those in need. And um, yeah, I did like a couple hundred dollars of board games, and you know, I always try to do that. Um, and you know, I, I, it's easy for me to let go of some board games that've been sitting around for a while, you know, that I maybe ordered too many of or whatever. Um, so it doesn't really hurt my bottom line and, you know, it's going somewhere nice. It might be like a kid's first real board game and might be a beginning of a whole new hobby for that kid. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely involved with stuff like that. Just a, a, a word to anyone who does run charities, do a silent auction in December, mm-hmm. right? If you can get, you're not going to get cash out of people, but if you walk into a retailer and go, we'd like you to make a donation of product. We have lots and lots of product that we would love to give you to get the donation uh, and not get taxed on it because that's going to happen on January 1st. So, yeah, run silent auctions. Anybody who walks in and says we're doing a silent auction for our local whatever school, yes, we have a donation for you. Yeah, we do a lot of those too. Yeah. So how does that work? They basically they, they just donate something to a charity and you – we we donate the product to the charity and then they do you know they auction it off at you know whatever uh, they can so get for it sort of, to you're not running an auction yeah. in your store you're yeah, no, no 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 and they it's like you know they'll do it in the, the school gymnasium or something yeah. and yeah. be like right. a school fair like a bake sale except for items yeah, and, and they usually promote your store they'll like you know ask right for some put your sticker stuff. on all the stuff here's sure. a stack yeah, of games sure. with our sticker on yeah yeah yeah, we, uh, we do the Toys for Thoughts thing. I'm, 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 I'm the next Marine, so for us, it's basically uh, the, the drawheads come by, they drop off the big box, and people donate toys in there. But what we also do, if anybody buys, if they have a transaction totally $100 or more, we will, out of our pocket at the end of the, the period that we run this for, we'll go buy toys and put it in that box and get it for them. 
And the other thing that's been really popular for us, and this works really good for miniature games, we also done it with Magic. Uh, we do our food fights every December. So food fights are basically um, you enter by donating two cans of food, but then you use food to cheat. You know what? <laughs> don't have this card for Magic. I am allowing you this proxy by each proxy that you use, you right, donate a can of food, right? right? Or you're allowed to draw an extra land if you donate a can kind of situation. Uh, you can't sanction it, obviously. Uh, but uh, for the miniature games, it's kind of fun because you get the reroll. And you, we intentionally let them break the game, right? The idea is we just want to raise as much. And we have these inter-species competitions where people, Malfo guys are like, well, we, we dropped off 50 pounds of food, you know. The 40K guys suck because you only did 45. <laughs> this year, so yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And the only thing is it's, it's kind of hard to get our food bank. They're really busy to pick up the truck sometimes. We've had to bring that food to the food bank sometimes. And, man, is it work. So. Yeah. But it's definitely worth it. That's going into the show notes. I like that. Yeah. That's Easy. a great idea. Food I love bank that. cheaty tournament. For us, uh, Extra Life is our big thing that we do every year. Um, Extra Life is just, it started really small, and now it's become just a, a huge thing for us. We we, we fill the store with people. Uh, we raised over $6,000 this year. Um, and uh, we actually flew in guest stars to be you know part of it. So it's actually turning into its own convention. And uh, it's it's. It's just so much fun to do. The the idea that you could play games and still help your local children's hospital, is it's, it's the best. I love it. And we were trying to do it this year because of the movie didn't happen for the first time. So I'll be picking your brain this year coming up to find yeah. what I can do. So it's great. Cool. It's absolutely great. I, I'm unfamiliar with it. What was it called? Oh, uh, the charity is called Extra Life. It yeah. started uh, seven, eight years ago as a way to, what you would do is you would play video games for as many hours as you could, and people were supposed to sponsor you, you know, for, you know, right. five okay. bucks an yeah, hour, yeah. ten bucks an yeah. hour. Yeah. Okay. So it. what we do is we, we make a we make a huge event of it. You know, we, we sell tickets right. for it. We encourage people to get donations for it. Uh, we bring in guest stars. We do silent auctions. Uh, we do um, we do things like uh, auctioning off, uh, play a game with uh, Z Garcia, um, play a game with Mark Street of Board Game Corner, have your uh, game analyzed by a professional game designer, you know things like that. Um, and then cool. the manufacturers donate are super generous about donating product for us to either give away as uh, door prizes or in a silent auction. It's uh, it's a lot of work, but it, it's well worth it. Awesome. That sounds really cool. I'm going to also include that in the show notes as well so people can find out more. Yeah, so you know, that was a pretty good analysis of the, the past month and some predictions for December. You guys have anything else you want to throw out there? We've been talking for a while now, actually. Yeah. We're on, yeah. on for an hour and a half at this point. Yep. <laughs> no, it's turned well, into a megasode. Yep. Yeah. Good. We'll let you know how December goes at the end of December. Yeah. Sounds then we good. can look forward to the inventory and all that good stuff, too. So. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Well, for me, me, it's a you know, it's decision time. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta make yeah. a decision soon because if I move, I want it to be you know, I want to move into a new location. March first seems ideal because you know, December is really strong. I mean, tons of money, and because I know I'm moving, I'm not gonna spend too much on product. Mm-hmm. Keep that reserve around. And January is the new Magic set, which always does really well. And then. Um, yeah, February just to start packing up. And, yep. Yeah, that makes sense. If and, you uh, pull that trigger, 
we're here for you if you yeah you know, just let yeah. us know. I mean, well, I like, I've been thinking of already already been thinking about it, but like I know you guys have been so damn busy with you moving your stores, and that's why I'm also super interested in hearing the uh, the last episode that hasn't been published yet about moving a game store. Very anxious to hear that. So yeah. There's a lot of crying in that episode. Is there? Yeah. <laughs> what a tease. Yeah. What have I done? I, I think that's why I got sick with the flu. I think I worried myself. I, it's literally, the, the two nights before I got sick, I was up way too late just figuring stuff out, how I'm going to do this, and couldn't get it out of my head. It's so, definitely yeah. sleepless nights, right? But uh, yeah. you know, I don't know your area, but I, I anytime... You got something, you're like, what do you think of this? So I'll give you my honest opinion on it, and we'll see where it goes from there. But good luck, yeah. buddy. I, I think you're probably – I've seen your store. It's a, it's a good store. But, yeah, you, you, you're going to have to make a decision eventually of what you want to yeah. do. You know, either stay there, which is fine if you want to do that. Or The hardest part is, is not making the decision. It, you, usually you find that you have already made the decision. It's, it's just yeah. reconciling it's yourself to that. Accepting yeah. it. <laughs> accepting it here yeah. and then doing it just yeah going yeah. for it yeah yeah and uh i understand you know big decisions take a lot of thinking about and like i was i was telling you guys before uh, you got on john i actually made a big decision for myself uh just yesterday i actually quit my day job yeah yeah put in my two weeks yesterday yeah. so going uh, online full-time Here's the deal. Uh, if you're unhappy, change it. I mean, that's, you know, yeah. it's, it's scary, yeah. It's a, but you can't keep on going with the rest of your life and not be happy, uh, you know. Yeah. And it, it might change in five years for you. You want to do something different, you know. Yeah, so Dude, five in the meantime. Years, that's a huge length of time to put your, you know, life into something. And if that's a great, you, know, you give it a go, and then you're like, eh, time for something new. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's going to be a... An interesting December, and hopefully an interesting 2017, I think. Sounds like it for everybody, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, that seems like a great place to end the show. So, All right. I'm going to say thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, always appreciate it. Yep, like always. So, I'll see you guys the next time, then. Yeah. And everybody, Take please care, have everyone. a wonderful, safe uh, holiday season with your family and friends. And, Absolutely. And uh, give what you can. If you can. Sorry? Then give what you can if you can. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sure. All right. Bye, guys. Take care. See you guys later. Take care. Okay, guys, that's it for this episode of the Maniverse Podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in. I also want to thank John, Wayne, and Gary for coming on the show, taking time out of their busy days to spend some time with us and share some wisdom. Now, if you want to check out some more content from me, you can go to ManiverseSaga.com. That's the home of the Maniverse podcast. There you can check out the blog and you can check out some of our past episodes with some of our past awesome guests. Many of them in the archive I uh, definitely recommend you check out because there's a huge number of golden nuggets hidden back there. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Madverse Podcast. Once again, I want to thank you guys for listening, and I will see you next time.